Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you today. A warm welcome across all of Westwood's campuses and online. My name is Ben, Pastor Ben Griffin. Honored to be here with you today and honored to be a part of the teaching team. Today we're talking about some topics that, frankly, can evoke some deeper emotions. Uh, Two extremes. We're talking about grief and joy. And so as we dive into this, I pray that all of us would experience uh, Jesus walking with us through both. So great to see you. And as we've been walking through this series called The Great Exchange, uh, we have been talking about this huge disparity between the gifts that we bring to God and the gifts that he brings to us. The disparity is massive. So I just, it's absurdly so. So just imagine you're heading to the holiday Christmas party this year and you went and made peanut brittle on your own for everybody. And I know some of you are like, now what is peanut brittle? But imagine you, you made this, it's a labor of love, and you bring this peanut brittle and you're like, I made this for you. And then, and then in return, somebody says, oh, that's so sweet, thank you. By the way, I paid off your mortgage. <laughs> like that's absurdly different, right? I mean, I know the peanut brittle is from your heart, but the mortgage, it's massive. And that's, that's not even close to how absurdly different the disparity is between what we have for God versus what God brings to us. In fact, uh, when I think about this, I think about Ephesians chapter 3 and how it talks about the love that God has for us. And Ephesians 3 says this, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all of the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Just catch that. Surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. His love for us is so great, we cannot even imagine it. The best I can think of in, in the world that we experience is maybe the difference between, uh, difference between like how we are and how, what babies can bring to us. So think about this. If, you're, if you uh, are a young parent or remember the days that you were or a new grandparent, like think about those babies. What, what do they actually bring to us? Piercing cries, right? Sleepless nights, Mountains of dirty diapers. I mean, joy is in there for sure. But what do we bring for them, give to them? Tender love, attending to their every need. I mean, we, we see them and we love them so completely. And that, that is still absurdly less than how much greater God's love is for us. It's amazing how great he is. And so my prayer as we come into this soft topic today is that all of us would experience what it is to be held by our loving God and know the joy that comes from his presence. Amen to that? So today's topic is this. We give God our griefs, he gives us his joy. I'll say it again. We give God our griefs, he gives us his joy. Talk about an absurd disparity, right? And I want to point out here, this is a promise From Jesus, and we're going to see this in the scripture, he promises to give us his joy. Now, for those of us who are experiencing grief or to varying degrees right now, I just want to ask you, are you giving it to God? And for those of us that are seeking joy, which is probably most, if not all of us, are you seeking it from him? We give God our griefs, 
He gives us his joy. See, this, this is a season uh, where things are amplified in our lives. So if, if you, things are going great in your life, with your family, with your relationships, this season just amplifies all the goodness of that. And you feel all the joys and all the feels of the season. But if, the, but if you've got some dysfunction in your family, if you've got some brokenness, if you've got that empty seat at your table this year, that grief is also amplified, isn't it? There's a statistic I read recently that said 50%, just shy of 50% of the American population has lost somebody close to them in the last three years. And that's significant. It means that, that those of us who are engaging with this message here today, there's probably a high percentage of us who are in some degree of grief, some more fresh than others. And maybe you're experiencing the amplification of the season. Maybe you're feeling that empty seat. Maybe you're having the first, the first Thanksgiving without so-and-so. The first Christmas without somebody there. And maybe those milestones are starting to hit. uh, The new baby born or a wedding and somebody you wish could be there is not. And I want to share with you, if you're feeling that way, first of all, you're not alone. Jesus is with you. And you're not alone. A lot of us are in that place, and, and that includes me and my family. And I want to share with you, uh, we, we lost, uh, I lost my mother-in-law in the last couple years. And for her, this is, this is how it happened. She, she received an ALS um, diagnosis. And if anybody knows anything about ALS other than pouring water on people's heads, that was part of the challenge. But if anybody knows anything about ALS, it's a brutal disease. Basically, it takes away your body's ability to just function while your mind is trapped inside. And so when she first told us about the diagnosis, we remember we looked it up and and it said that the typical lifespan from diagnosis was 2.5 to 3 years. And that's what we experienced. It was about 3 years and and, uh, she passed away. And man, those were some really hard years. There was also a lot of really good in those years. Uh, There was grief and there was hope and there was joy and there was depth of relationship in it. But it was not an easy season. We watched, we watched her slowly lose the ability to walk. The ability to do simple things like hold a fork and eat, feed herself. And ultimately her ability to breathe. Sorry, it's... Sometimes emotion makes you lose track of where you're at. (laughs) But we weren't without hope. And and in that season, there was a phrase that we went to often and a Bible verse that we leaned on. And and the phrase was this, we live in our hopes and not in our fears. We just kept coming back. That became like a refrain for us. And this is the verse that we leaned on as a family. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. And this was, this was her ver- verse. Listen to this. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Think about what ALS was doing to her. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And that, that is what we experienced. We saw her have a spiritual revival in the midst of the hardest thing anyone could, could ever experience. Like there was literally a timer put on her life. And we got to see the grace of Jesus in action. I, I asked my wife, I said, are you okay if I talk about this 
during the message with everybody, and she actually said, please do talk about this, because I want, I, I want people to know and hear the goodness that Jesus did in the midst of the hardness of that season. In the midst of the hardness of the season. Now, Jesus... Jesus had a similar conversation with his disciples where he, John 16, where he knew that he was leaving. He knew that he would be dying on a cross and then leaving them and, and leaving them for, for a time. And these are the words that he shared with them. He said, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. See that promise there? And no one will take your joy from you. So two things I want to point out here. First off, that word here for sorrow, it, it, in the Greek, it kind of has this idea of, of how sorrow pushes out every other emotion. And for those of us experiencing sorrow or grief right now, like, it, it, isn't that how we can feel? Sometimes it comes in waves, but sometimes it just pushes out everything else. But also this, your hearts will rejoice and no one can take it from you. Jesus promises that because of him, we will rejoice. So will you just look at the person next to you or the people around you and just look them in the eye and tell them, you will rejoice. Go ahead and tell them. All right, y'all are going to have to do that again like you actually mean it, right? Like, you will rejoice. Yeah, that was much more believable. Like, it's so funny how we do that in church. It's like we clap, but it's like a golf clap. It's like we talk about these amazing things. Jesus rose from the dead. He did. He did indeed, right? You will rejoice because he's coming. You will rejoice. Like, come on. This is good news. In the midst of our grief, it's the best news. We will because of him. But maybe, and maybe this is why it's hard to say, some of us are like, sure, okay, so with your mother-in-law, we know that's hard, but you had three years. Count that as a blessing to say goodbye. Maybe, maybe you had the sudden loss. Maybe you had that tragic loss of youth, which is just, man, a scar or, a, man, it hurts so badly. It feels so unfair. And you go, well, what about grief in those moments? Like, wh where do we go with that? How do we have joy in the midst of that? Uh, so, so let me tell you uh, about a friend of mine. Uh, he's a pastor, actually, of a church uh, not too far from here in the community. And a number of years ago, he and his wife, they got the news that is every parent's nightmare. Their daughter had been out driving around with a friend and they got the news that there was a car accident and their daughter had not survived. 18 years old, vibrant young woman known for dancing and bringing, being the life of the party wherever she went. Just, just so much potential, so much life, so much and then lost. And I've watched them over the years wrestle with this and talk about this and teach about this. And, and they use this image that I want to share with you here. Because people go, how do, you, how do you handle this? How do you do this? And they, they said it, it's like a, a train track. And they said on one side is the track of sorrow. And on the other side is the track of hope. And they use the word hope. And, and, and today I know we're talking about joy. But hope realized is joy. And they said, man, we always have these two tracks running parallel. They, sorrow and hope coexist in their life. And some days, some days they're just leaning heavily into sorrow, feeling it, missing her, 
all the, those emotions and feel sorrow pushing out everything else. But even then, they still have the track of hope there. And some days, like, there are joyful days, hopeful days, where we're just, like, kind of, things are normal and good. And, and even then, they still have quietly the track of sorrow going. It doesn't leave them. I mean, this, this is a club that no parent wants to be in. This is a scar that doesn't leave. But they have hope leaning on the things of Jesus. And I do mean that because they lean on Jesus. Jesus Talking to his disciples in that same chapter, John 16, he continues by saying this to them. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Notice that Jesus never promises that we won't grieve, that we won't have trouble, that we won't struggle. He says you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So for my friends... Um, they, the, their daughter had been driving, the, the car had been T-boned, and she was in the passenger seat. And uh, later on, they found the phone, her phone, and their daughter had actually been in the midst of typing a message. It didn't get sent, but she was writing them a message uh, when it happened. And uh, the gist of the message, the intro of it, was basically saying, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And they cling to those words with an eternal mindset of hope that she is home with Jesus. Now, I'm not going to get into today, like, what happens after we die. There's, there's a number of interesting things we could talk about there. But I do want to share this, that those who know Jesus are with Jesus after they pass. And that is the place of joy. And they lean into that hope no matter how deep the sorrow is, no matter how bad that track might be. Lean into that hope. So what I want to do now, kind of shifting gears into the rest of the message, I want to talk practically about how, how we can experience that. And, and we'll just bring it up right here. How do we find hope and joy in the midst of grieving? And the first point is this, and these are really simple points, by the way. We could do these same things down in Sunday school, but application is usually the challenge. First point is this, talk about it with others and with God. Hey, there's something that happens to us, like sometimes when we hit hardship or we're, we're feeling emotion, we run away from God instead of towards Him. We run away from the church community instead of towards the church community. And if that's you, if you're feeling that, man, please, please know you are loved, you are seen, that this is the place you should be, this is the community you should be connecting with. I was talking with Steve, who runs a grief share group here at the church, and, and he was just telling me sometimes people, when they're grieving, the last thing they want to do is be in church because it hits so deeply. They don't want to be the person weeping. They don't want to be the person everybody looks at. But let me tell you, we want you here. We want to see you, love you, walk with you. When you're hitting hardship, don't run away from the community. Please lean into it. We're here. So, so I'm going to come at this from two angles. First, talk about this with God and talk about it with others. So let's talk about talking about it with God. Like sorrow has this effect on us where it can push out every other emotion sometimes it can be completely overwhelming and, and I just just when you're feeling that when you're experiencing grief I want to encourage you take it to the Lord and maybe you're like I don't even know how like sometimes all we can do all we can do is just the guttural cry of Lord help 
Like sometimes we can be so overwhelmed, we can't say anything else, but, but just say, cry out to him, help, I am living testimony that God hears those guttural, deep town cries of help and he responds. Just cry out to him. David, King David, uh, in, as we read the historical account of him in the Old Testament, he wrote most of many of the Psalms. Uh, David often just is crying out in the Psalms, Lord, help me. And in Psalm 30, which we're going to look at here, in Psalm 30, David had lost his mentor. His first wife had abandoned him. He'd lost his first child, let alone all sorts of other crises and issues going on in his life. And this is what he says, verse 8 and verse 11. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. Lord, help! He called out to him. And then look at this. You turned my wailing into dancing. You remembered my sackcloth. And you clothed me with joy. Some of you may have heard this passage said this way. You turn my mourning into dancing. Now think about that. Like, it's, this is an absurd disparity. Like how many of us go to a funeral and like, hey, it's time to dance. Like that, that, is, that feels awkward and completely inappropriate, does it not? How many of us even go to a funeral and at the end of the day we want to talk about it? Most of us are like, ooh, I don't, I, I, I don't want to talk about that. But I'll tell you what, I, I went to a funeral this last year that that was, a, that, was, that was the opposite, was, was so moving. I, I, I wanted to tell everybody about it because it was such a good thing. And that was, that was the, the memorial for, uh, for our pastor Clint here, his mom. And man, I never got a chance to meet her uh, before she passed. But I'm telling you, I had a dinner that night with some friends. And they're like, how was your day? And I'm like, I know this sounds strange, but I had a great day. Because I went to this memorial service. It sounds absurd. But to share about how the hope of Jesus was so on display, her life so echoed, the way she was loved and echoed through her family, and I, just, I was just so moved by that. That hope, that sorrow was there clearly, but hope and joy was also clearly on display. I have a friend who said, says uh, often, he's like, hey man, uh, if, I got, if I go before you, I want there to be a party at my funeral. And I, I'm always thinking like, like man, I, I don't think we can do that for you. <laughs> like, we're going to be purely on the side, uh, not purely, but we're going to be really leaning onto the side of sorrow. Um, but I'm going to remember on that day that he is leaning into the joy of Jesus. We might not be able to party but I guarantee you, he will be, assuming, assuming he goes first. Otherwise, the party's, party's on the other side. All for him. So I, I don't know where you're at in grief or where your journey is, but I do know this. There is hope to be found because of Jesus. And the first thing we want to do is talk about it with God. Share. If all you can do is call, cry out for help, then do that. But also, can I just say this? Talk about it with others. Talk about it with others. Don't run away from the community. Lean into it. And, and I know everybody grieves differently. Everybody needs things differently. So, so let me share this. If you know some people who are grieving, here's a gift you can give them if they're open to it. Not everybody is, fits this, but for many people, one of the gifts we can give them is to talk about the people that they've lost. 
Because here's what happens. You lose somebody close to you, and it is such a strong and, and, and weirdly busy time of all these things going on and all these things you have to do and check off and conversations you need to have and everybody's there for you and meals are showing up and, 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 and grace is shown. And then about two weeks after the memorial, the rest of the world moves on and you're left there holding this grief. And then you come to the holidays and you're maybe experiencing for the first time the loss, the miss, the somebody's not here. And here's a gift you can give people. is just to ask them to tell you about the people they lost. Hey, I know you lost your mom recently or last year. or Hey, I would love to hear more about her. Tell me. Tell me about her. Like, there's something sweet about remembering and talking about and echoing those things on. Hey, my... Man, my mother-in-law used to make fun of me every time I saw her because I got chased by a turkey one time. <laughs> I wish I was joking, but, but I came home from a run, and in my backyard was this turkey. It wasn't even a healthy turkey. This thing had a limp, so like it could barely, barely move. But this turkey and I like met eyes. I didn't know turkeys had, you know, could be so like, territorial, but this turkey and I like met eyes. And I was like, okay. I'm going to break eye contact and I'm going inside. But that turkey took that as a moment of weakness in me and came after me. And so I, I like, you know, any, any manly, manly man went and ran up a tree. And so I was, I was like climbed up into a tree and the turkey started circling the tree with its limp. And man, I almost wish I hadn't told my mother-in-law because every time I saw her, Every time a turkey showed up, she'd take a picture of it and text me about it like, hey, hey. <laughs> he's looking for you. But I'll tell you what, man, when I see a turkey now, a wild turkey walking around, or especially a roasted turkey, I like the roasted ones, <laughs> I always think about her and remember her fondly. And there's something really sweet about that remembering and not forgetting. And I don't just remember who she was. I also remember where she is with Jesus. And yeah, the sorrow track is there. But also so is the hope and the joy track. Amen to that? And there's something about So hey, if you see some wild turkeys or you have that Christmas turkey, you remember her. And remember hope. Because it's to be found in him. So if the first thing is this, talk about it with others others and with God. The second thing is this, remember God's promises. I know, again, I said this, this isn't complicated, but it's so true. Remember God's promises. What's the one we talked about earlier? You will rejoice. You will have joy because of Jesus. Like the angels came and they declared, hey, I have good news for all people today. A child is born. And what's the story? What, what, what's, the, what's the message that goes with that? That he will be joy for all people. Like we've got something. Like I know grief is amplified now. I know, but I also pray that joy is amplified and hope is amplified because of Jesus. Because of who he is. Listen, we do not grieve like the rest of the world grieves. 
And I'm going to jump ahead to the Thessalonians passage. We do not grieve like the rest of the world grieves. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind. He doesn't say we're not going to grieve. He says we, doesn't, we don't grieve like everybody else. We grieve with hope. We grieve with hope for we believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Amen to that? Hey, listen, I know the Vikings didn't have a great game yesterday, but some of you still cheered, right? Here, we just talked about Jesus died and rose again. Hope for all eternity. And we're like, amen. Amen. I don't care how bad or deep the grief is, we can know hope. We can lean towards hope because we know Jesus. Listen, I'll bring it together with this. Romans 8 says this. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Hear that again. Today's sufferings don't even compare. There might be griefs today. That's, that's what we have to bring God help. But they don't even compare to the gift of Jesus that is to come. The glory that is to be revealed to us. Sometimes when I run into people who have lost a job, I I, I often think this and we have this conversation. Like if you knew in three months you were going to have a better job, your dream job. You lost your job here, but the dream job is coming. The next three months would not be a time of, of worry or struggle. They would be a time of joyful anticipation, right? As followers of Jesus, we know the end of the story. Glory to come. The promises of Jesus revealed. All of that, we can lean into joy in the midst of our griefs because of Jesus. So let me just say this. I know this season is an amplifier, and and I don't know where you're at, but I'm sure a a fair number of us are going to have an empty seat at the table this Christmas and be feeling that amplified feeling and maybe you you feel like nobody else knows that or can understand that know this Jesus does that you're not alone in that you will grieve but please grieve with the hope the hope of Jesus may you know and lean into the joy that is to be found in him and him alone Because his good news is the best news. Joy for all people. Amen? Amen. Lord God, thank you for securing our hope in you. Thank you, Lord, for we can hope in the midst of all this world, all the sufferings this world can bring us. We can have hope in you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would amplify in us this season our trust, our hope, and our joy in you. In you alone and for your glory alone, I pray. Amen.